Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of AMRAs and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of blockbuster video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom and pop video store killer, the corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars who are in the know arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Talkbuster podcast. This one being done from quarantine, even though I'm an essential employee at work. I still have to be safe. I'm in my car right now recording on my lunch break. And before I get into who my guest returning guest actually is this um, episode, just want to do a little housekeeping as always to my $15 or more a month patrons, Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and collaborating online. Thank you all for the support, um, especially now. Um, the fact that those of you are still able to support me, um, I hope that you're doing that after you take care of your personal stuff and those in your family, because right now, even more than ever, I know money is very important. And to my newest patron, Sean Zoltek, thank you so much for joining, and I hope you enjoy um, all the benefits of helping me out. Um, This episode, as some more recently have been, is brought to you by the Pumpkin Copter Cast and Got to Recap Them All. These are two podcasts run by Tyler Gorman, friend of mine, actually the first person who ever asked me for my signature. Um, So, uh, Tyler... Um, he does, uh, the pumpkin copter cast, which is a video game podcast and got to recap them all where him and a friend are rewatching the entirety of Pokemon, the anime, including the films and going through each episode one by one by one. So go and check them out. And with that, um, uh, my returning guest, sir, please reintroduce yourself to the fans. What's up? I'm Kevin Hank from Cleveland, Ohio. Back again. Had a good time last time. Uh, and hopefully this time is uh, just as good <laughs> on my end. Yes. No, it always will be, dude. Um, yeah. So how been faring? We were, when we recorded last, what was that? In late February, early March? No, when we recorded last, it was April 6th. So it was three weeks ago. Okay. So yeah. we, were, we, were, we were in the depth of this craziness. I can never remember. It seems like a year has passed since we last. I don't know I, why. The, the weeks go by so slowly anymore. Each day goes by slowly, you know? So yeah. how... Uh, how is everything faring with you um, since we last talked? Have things gotten better, worse, indifferent? It seems like things in Cleveland are starting to get better. Uh, like we're on the downward slope if we're talking about the, the COVID-19 
stuff. Yep. But I haven't gone out of my house unmasked in about six weeks now. So it's it's work and then home. I'm also an essential employee. So <laughs> it's crazy, right? It, and yeah. Like, it's weird to be in that essential category and see, you know, people who you mean when when you when you start working past, you know, like your your first jobs, you start realizing how fallible and how making it up as we go it really has to be in the real world, right? But to see people taking things very serious, but also it changing and adapting like every day is crazy. Right, right. It is it's forever changing uh, what's going on right now. And it's going to be weird to see like the new normal if there is one, you know. Yeah, it's very weird. I, I just had two friends um, have babies during this. Oh, wow. I've had a couple friends more... myself, actually. So I totally understand. Yeah. And, and one of them, um, you know, uh, had did it as a surrogate. So, oh, wow. Because New York State um, doesn't allow surrogacy, it's illegal there. And um, so she, my friend has done two surrogate babies for people in New York state. And so think about this way, this girl who she was having the baby for is Jewish and what just went by, um, you know, uh, so they were unable to travel technically. So two oh, weeks wow. ago, she thought she was going to have to be induced and the mother would not have been able to travel to come out okay. because they were like, well, if you're going to be induced. She has to come in quarantine with you. Or else we're not going to allow her in the hospital. Oh, wow. You know? And it's like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't even think of that. So that literally just happened. Happy, healthy. Everybody's good. But um, I don't know if I told you this last time, but I, the reason that's on my brain is I teach daddy boot camp. Oh, wow. Have that's I cool. told you about this? Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I didn't know that. So I fell into this. This is my, you know, weird just do and say yes to everything mode that I've always been in. But um. <laughs> I went to this class. What it is real quick is it's, you know, and this, this falls in line with the blockbuster thing because I actually put blockbuster on my resume for everything still, because I feel like I learned it's a lot of like on the fly, you know, managerial and dealing with people that you get from any retail job. And I think particularly that one, because right. you got all kinds of people in that store. Right. But I took this class. It's set up by the hospital to be like a, Hey, it's a dad who has recently had a kid talking to a bunch of other dads. It's almost run like an AA meeting. Okay. You know, like that, like this is open forum to talk about whatever you want that, you know, we're not the ones carrying a living thing in our stomach. So why would we, you, you can't go to a doctor's appointment with your wife and be like, but I have my concerns. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't work that way. Right. It doesn't can, make sense. Totally right. That. that is probably very therapeutic, you know? Right. So it's just, it's a place to like complain, you know, like, like, is there something that ticks you off? Is there something you you're worried about that, you know, and it's great. And I actually, when, when COVID happened, I recorded myself doing the course. So the hospital okay. could distribute to the dads whose classes got canceled. Right. Because oh, wow, that's great. Because I got so much feedback from people and, and all I do, I'm not a, I'm not a trained medical professional. This was all, I took the class. I fell in love with it. I started coming back with my newborns. They call it veterans, right? You come back so they see what an actual newborn looks like and you can tell your stories. And I was so taken aback by it that I ended up offering to help. And then the guy who taught it went to grad school. So he's like, do you want to take the main thing? And I ended up becoming the guy, which is good. But I've been getting all these stories from dads, you know, because I said, hey, I'm not going to have any, any basis 
to tell someone what it's like having a kid at the hospital during this. Right. So if you guys are comfortable sharing, I'd love to hear your birth story and I can, you know, put it into the class and share it with upcoming dads and moms that are worried. What is it going to be like to give birth now? And it just became this big thing. So I've been getting like daily messages of these, like not horror stories because the hospitals are bad horror stories, just like of being so alone and isolated because they only allow you in with one other person. Yeah. It's not like, you know, the normal thing where it's like, oh, my, my whole family's waiting out there to meet the baby. It's like, no, you're here with just your husband or just your mother-in-law or whoever it is that you want to be there, right. you know, and right. no one else is allowed to even be near the hospital. That, and it's just the toughest part about this right now. It's wild, right? You know, so I, I'm sorry for that team to start off, but that that's why all that's on the brain. No, no, totally get it, man. So last time we, we talked about the movie Session 9, and you had said you had seen it. So uh, t- yeah, tell I did, me. I did get it on the Netflix. And, uh, the Netflix. <laughs> what a weird movie, but original right? too, you know what I mean? And then they almost gave you the ending that I don't like for movies, and then it wasn't that ending. And I was like, yes. oh, I'm really glad it wasn't that ending. Um, I, I, like I, went in, I may not mention this on the last podcast, but when I went and saw Shutter Island, or the number twenty three, or secret window, and you find out the whole time it's it was the, it was in that guy's head. Like I feel like jaded, you know, after I leave that kind yeah. of movie. Like, hey, wait, what did I just watch? I just watched something play out in that person's head. Like if there literally was a killer coming after them, and it wasn't them murdering their family or whatever, I probably would have enjoyed the movie more. Or even high tension. Remember that movie? Oh, uh, high tension! I love everything about high tension, and then it's twist betrays of the entire movie. Exactly, exactly. And in fact, at my uh, shop at work, there's one of those saws that saws through concrete. And it's just like a high tension saw from the end of the movie. So I sent it to my friend the other day. I go, look, it's the high tension saw, you know. (laughs) I haven't seen that forever. It's a bummer because high tension really is a great movie. And then they had to go and have that twist. It's like, yeah, like I think the sixth sense set that. You know, they set that tone like, oh, we're going to you don't have to do that every time. M. night, you know, and, and, it, and it can work. I mean, the yeah. set, this, what I love about movies and you, you mentioned Shutter Island and Shutter Island, at least in Shutter Island, like the sixth sense, the movie begs you to go and watch it again. And right. Knowing knowing what happens in Shutter Island makes the movie so much more interesting to watch because it you find out the movie really is about this guy. Right. You know. It's not about the mystery. It's about, you know, this guy's trauma, if you watch it again. And that's what it's really about. See, I don't know if you've gone back and watched it, but there's shots in the movie where, like, he's drinking a glass of water, being interrogated or interrogating someone. And then the angle cuts and he's moving his hand with no glass of water in his hand. So there's cues to let you know that he's just been loopy this entire time. I am going to rewatch that then. I, I love that about Shutter Island, but then you get movies like High Tension and the number 23 movies that are, that's their only reason to exist is to have that, that stinger. Right. And, and I, I loved that. I loved that about Session 9. But session 9 really wants you to think that's the direction it's going. And yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah, it was legit. The guy was just that messed up, you know. I, I, I should, I should have watched it a second time. I sent it back, but. Um, oh, no, it's. Session Nine's fantastic, and I'm glad to hear somebody this many years later see it because Session Nine was a big deal around here because we watched them filming it, you right. know, and it was filmed at a place that I knew 
firsthand so well um, Denver State Mental Hospital, which is, I said it on the last show, it's what H.P. Lovecraft uses a basis for Arkham. Like he went there and saw what was going on at this place and it made him make up a whole mental facility in his books. Wow. Okay. So like the Batman Arkham Asylum. So Arkham from Batman comes from the name of H.P. Lovecraft's Asylum Arkham in his books. Yeah, that's where they pull it from. It is kind of funny because Superman was invented here in Cleveland. Yes. And uh, Metropolis was based off of Cleveland, you know? Yes. And then we also had the Avengers uh, filmed here in Cleveland back in 2010. Oh, that must have been fun. It was was cool because the job that I do now, um, we were just out working, changing meters and whatnot. And the next thing I know, I, I'm walking on to East 9th, which the street is closed, and I'm just on the set of the Avengers, you know? And you just look at the uh, posters on the sides of buildings and stuff, and, like, the detail that they put into these posters. I mean, just the smallest letters and text is all, hey, this is this show is in New York and things like that. And you're like, whoa. Like, you'd never notice that in the movie, you know what I mean? But they put that detail into making that movie set. Right. Film sets are wild because you, yeah. you, ex- you expect nowadays a big, a big giant, you know, Hollywood Marvel movie or something to be like completely closed off. Can't go anywhere near it. But I've had the exact opposite experience. Like we went to um, New York for a, for a couple days, New York City, and we're walking down um, down by uh, not not Central Park. There's another park. Um, about midway down, it's like a, re- a smaller but really well known. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I'm I'm walking and I see I see a truck, and the truck you know looks unassuming. It looks like a newspaper van, but then I read the words and it says Daily Bugle on the side, and I'm like, oh, all right, well maybe someone has a good sense of humor, you know? Right. And then like I look and there's a hole blown out the side of it. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then you look around, like, at the next corner, there's a whole bunch of people crowded around. And a guy with a camera on wheels comes around the corner. And walking in front of the camera is fucking Tobey Maguire. (laughs) That's awesome. And I'm like, no one stopping you from being there. You know, they're just kind of like, there was a guy walking behind the camera kind of, like, shooing you around. And here's Tobey Maguire walking by this Daily Bugle truck. Like, just a quick, like, one-block walk for Spider-Man 3. And I'm like, oh, this is really freaking cool. Like, and it's just him, like, you know, with his little emo haircut thing from yeah. Spider-Man 3, walking down the street. There's no action going on. But I'm like, so we sat there for like an hour and just watched them filming this shot over and over again because it was just, this is wild. So then you go back <laughs> and watch the movie and you see it. Yeah, exactly. The scene's in the movie. It's like I'm behind the camera in the shot. That That's really cool. <laughs> um, Were you in the movie? No, no. It, okay. It's one of those things where they were just, it was like a real close shot on him walking, so everyone around was just kind of, that's why they weren't like big on lockdown. But it would have been yeah. cool to get the movie. But I mean, they had, you know, like a mural on the wall that was made for the movie. You know, right. and stuff like that shot and I'm like, that, that became important. I forget. But I'm like, this is nuts. And it would have been cooler. It was obviously second unit stuff, because I'm looking around going, okay, where the fuck is Sam Raimi? I'm happy enough to see Toby Dwyer. <laughs> But where? But he wasn't there. That's like, oh yeah. damn it! <laughs> that, that, oh, that shock and awe, the starstruck, you know. <laughs> but we've had a couple of similar ones. Um, there, I probably mentioned this in the last show because it would have come with session nine. But Tuxbury Hospital has a um, couple of buildings that are used as a museum to old medical technology. It's a okay. Um, wow. so, 
And Shutter Island actually used a bunch of stuff from this museum. Like they have like placards. This was used in Shutter Island, you know, and stuff. So, oh, that's really cool because Shutter Island was filmed around here too. Um, were, you, were you allowed to take pictures of this stuff? Like when you saw museum, it, or did you yeah. say no pictures allowed? No, you could take pictures. Okay. Because I, yeah, I remember the Natural History Museum in Cleveland had a Jurassic Park set back in the early 90s. Like, you're not allowed to take pictures. That belongs to the studio. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. No, this, this is like, it's a building that just lends this stuff out, right? So, okay. Like, it, it, like they they have a whole bunch of stuff from Denver State from when they closed it down. They have like an iron lung on display. So it was really, really cool. But what was nuts is we pull up to later because we had gone to this museum with my mom. And then this is also a, a working hospital campus that this is on. And the Mass Health office is also there. And we had to go send my daughter up for Mass Health. So we're there waiting in line or going there to wait in line and we're driving and I go, why are there all of, this looks like a film set. What's yeah. going on here? And you know, they use like a fake name, you know, obviously. So I look at the fake name and I go, something in my head tells me that this is from Castle Rock. I don't know why. I know they filmed Castle Rock, the, the Stephen King is show in Massachusetts. And I look it up and lo and behold, yeah, they filmed <laughs> Castle Rock at on the grounds of that old part of the hospital and wow. they're holding season two or three right now. And you could see, you know, the actors out there in the tents and they, had, and I'm like, Oh crap. So we watched them filming castle rock for a little bit while we were waiting in line um, for, uh, for that. Which yeah, is that's, really cool. it, it always happens. So random, like you just be driving around. Oh, there's a movie being filmed. Like, uh, did you hear that movie? White boy, Rick? Yes. Yeah, White Boy Rick was filmed in Cleveland, and I grew up in Euclid, and I was just over by the roller skating rink having lunch, and there were all these old cars, and they bring all these old cars on, like, trailers, you know, big 18-wheeler trailers, ship them in, so you have all the old cars so the cars fit the uh, the time era that the movie's portraying, you know, and that that was neat, and uh, yeah. back, in the, back in the 90s, there was a movie, Mrs. Winterborn, with Ricky Lake. Yep. That was yep. filmed in Massachusetts, and we were there, and we actually got to go up and talk to Ricky Lake while she was sitting on a park bench. Um, had, 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 I'm sorry? That's really cool. Yeah, at, at that point, you know, we didn't have cameras or anything like that, so we ran across the whole city of Boston looking for a disposable camera, and had we not done that, we probably could have been uh, – extras on the movie you know because they were letting those people on but that, that leads me to you know it's funny to watch movies and then see the extras because if you watch the extras you can see how excited they are to be part of the movie because they're not really right. acting that well you know kind of looking oh, no, at the camera it's wild i i love this kind of stuff you know and it look there's three or four kids i grew up with whose dads were extras in jaws you know, you just see them walking by on the docks, like carrying you like, there's my dad. I'm like, no, yeah, you're right. That's your dad. I've met him. I met him right there. Yeah, my, my friend's dad is in uh, Major League, the first Major League. Nice. He's got one of the hard hats walking around uh, downtown Cleveland at the, the beginning of that movie, which I think we talked about on the last podcast, Major League. We, we did. I think, did, did I talk, because th th this is just a fun conversation. Did I ever talk about um, one of the biggest or two, two biggest things that were filmed? For some reason, Lowell, the city of Lowell, which is a very unique-looking city, yeah, became the basis of two big movies being made. One was The Fighter, because the guy, I mean, the movie took place in Lowell, like that was the whole point. Um, that was a great movie, by the way. I don't know if you got a chance to see that one. I do know that movie. I have. When did that come out? 
that came out in 2015 or 2014. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was, it was um, Mark Wahlberg and um, Christian Bale. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I know what you're talking about. And it, it was just wild to see that movie being filmed because the guy it's about, um, the guy Mark Wahlberg played, you could go down to the local Brunswick Zone bowling alley in Lowell, and he'd show up and just you know be there bowling and hanging out and talking to everyone. He's a little local local celebrity, right? And people that just is awesome. Him. <laughs> so it was so cool to see a movie about him because we had met him before, you know. Um, but uh, another one, there was this Ricky Gervais movie called The Invention of Lying. I the, love that movie. <laughs> so what's really cool is the city that's in has like a unique weird look to it. That's Lowell. Oh wow. They didn't even change anything about it. So, like, my wife, while I was working, would call up and she'd, she'd just go to downtown Lowell to, like, find where they were filming this and watch. She saw the scene on the on the bridge with Edward Norton as the yeah. cop. She um, was outside the Dubliner, which was our favorite bar, which is closed now, that they filmed in with Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bartender. You know, all, all this stuff was so cool. And I, I loved that movie. And oh, I just got my despite, dad to watch it, like, three weeks ago. Despite despite how that was at the height of Ricky Gervais's like you know weird atheism thing that he's obnoxious with now being right. like this guy really is saying something and I loved I loved the whole viewpoint of that movie as a you know even if you want to accept you know the fact that these things that people believe in are a fantasy the world kind of needs that a little bit the world would suck. If all one ever listened to or believed in was fact, like right. movies would just be people reading from history books. And, and it's like, I, I loved that whole odd look. Um, <laughs> just wild to see them filming it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a great movie, man. It really is. And not a lot of people have seen it. That's the. Yeah, no, it is. It, and I think it's on Netflix right now on the streaming service. But it, it is funny because um, Kiefer Sutherland like sings country music. Did you know that? Yes. And and like when I worked at Blockbuster, I got really into the Twenty Four series, probably around two thousand six, two thousand seven. So yep. like, I was really into it to the point where my dad would come over to my apartment every Monday. We'd get sandwiches or wings or whatever and watch Twenty Four. Oh, and that's awesome! A couple years ago, my buddies just at a bar and there's Kiefer Sutherland, and he's like, "Hey, how's it going? You know, hey, it's going great." Sat there and had a two and a half hour conversation with the dude and drank beer with Kiefer Sutherland. Like, how cool is that? You know, that's awesome. That's like the biggest TV badass out there is Kiefer Sutherland. You know, Jack Bauer. Still miss that show. <laughs> it was a great show. Yeah, I used to. I used to rent the uh, seasons. That's uh, that's what I'd use my five rentals on every week. I'd sit there and eat Chinese food at my apartment and watch Twenty Four. You know, <laughs> that thing was riveting. I don't think. A lot of shows have tried to be 24, and 24 came in a very interesting time, right? Because right. 24, I don't think, and, and I don't, and I don't, I don't even mean this from from a political standpoint. Is 24 had a very like rah rah, you know, American badass thing to it that was very non political. Do you know? Right. Right. And and I feel like now people would try to make it go to the other way. It's like it, it was a really good story about just like a, a MacGyver style, you know, singular badass ingenuity having a rough day. And and I feel like that genre has been either beaten down too much or politicized into a bad light. 
And it's a bummer because that's not what that show was. That show was just such a like it was like it was like Die Hard the TV show, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and I, I believe the first season aired in two thousand one, so it was dealing yeah. with you know, and we had the terrorist attack, and then it was dealing with those kind of things as well. But I mean, how, how many bad days could they have in that version of America? You know, and. I love when they send the tag team in because it's like, well, I used to say this to my dad. I'd be like, oh, yeah, look at those 12 guys. They're going in there to die. You know, <laughs> and they, they all have like their uh, their armor on and stuff. And then Jack Bauer just goes in there with a, a nine millimeter and takes everyone out. You know, <laughs> that's what made him a badass, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they ended the show and he's in China right now. Like he's in prison in China. And, you know, and then they yep. had that, that 24. Are you a Walking Dead fan? I am, but I, I admittedly have only seen the first season. Okay. There was a guy from The Walking Dead that went missing. I don't know his name off the top of my head, so I apologize. But then he was the lead role and in 24. They brought back 24. Right. And they made this guy the right. new Jack Bauer. And, like, it was in the same realm as where Jack Bauer lived because Tony Almeida was part of it and a few other characters from the original show were part of it. So Jack was still just missing at that point, you know, and then that show got canceled um, and th- there was supposed to be a 24 movie. And then that, that just never came to light. So bummer, but awesome. at least we have the nine seasons we have, you know, <laughs> it was a hell of a show and we could never keep that on the shelves. That right. was that, that was the most rented and most stolen thing. 24 in the Sopranos. Yeah, that too, which I, I've never seen an episode of The Sopranos. I need to go and watch that. I was too young at the time to understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the, so. the Sopranos is, is far less exciting than 24. Is right. The, it's, it's, it's way more of, you know, it's like The Irishman. It's like, are you, are you ready? Are you ready to think? And like, and, and I love that about it. But right. yeah, it's amazing how many people loved The Sopranos because The Sopranos is not a very like if it was anything other than about a mob guy right you know they've shown now shows like it about different types of people are marketable but at the time you know a big a fairly big budget hbo drama being that big of a deal was, yeah. was that was a new thing like yeah. imagine now imagine being in a blockbuster if, if netflix wasn't a creator of things for people to get. So, so you have to leave that out of the equation, but imagine game of Thrones, Westworld, Watchmen. Um, what's Shameless. that? Uh, that Lee, leaf Liv Schreiber is on, um, that everybody loves. God, breaking bad. Imagine breaking bad and better call Saul. In oh yeah. The age. Uh, and- we wouldn't, I mean, there'd be one too many choices and two, you wouldn't be able to keep, the DVDs on the shelves or in good shape. Right. <laughs> and then, like, speaking of that, too, think about how much places like Blockbuster helped out, like, UFC or the WWF yes. at the time, you know? I mean, we always had the US, the newest UFC, UFC 54. It's, like, it's weird to think now that we're in, like, UFC 249 because, like, when we worked at Blockbuster, we were still in the double digits, you know? Yes. <laughs> but that's how people watched it, you know, and the tape trading and whatnot. And those were a big deal. Like you'd yeah. have when a UFC thing was coming out, you'd have people be calling you, like, "Oh, dude, when, when are you getting UFC?" Yeah, like, like this is this is a big deal. 
I loved I loved when we didn't get certain things in for whatever reason, and and it, like people would come in and they're like, "Do you have Carlito's way rise to power?" And they're like, "Yeah, no, that like only aired on TNT or something, but we don't have it." It's like, why didn't we get that? You know what I mean? But it, again, and then you think back to because there was a time where you couldn't get something. Yeah. Now, now everything is available to people. You can find everything somewhere, and not even not even illegally. You can you can find everywhere everything somewhere legally right now. Right. It's and, weird. Right. Yeah. Like I I watched the previews last night. I watched Bombshell, which if you haven't seen Bombshell, that was a great movie. The acting in that was phenomenal. And, nice. Uh, I made sure to watch the previews, but it was funny because that movie came out what a couple months ago. But they had a, a trailer for a simple favor with Anna Kendrick in it. I'm like, that movie came out like a year and a half ago. Why is this trailer in this brand new movie? I don't understand. But maybe they were just trying to still sell that movie. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, they're trying to give a simple favor a big video push because it didn't do well. Oh, okay. Yeah, because and I, and I heard a simple favor was awesome. Oh, I, I loved I, it. I actually saw that at the AMC at, at Disney World in I think October 2018. That's a guy that just is not going to stop working. Paul Feig is not going to stop working no matter what people try to do to that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad because he makes great movies. And yeah. he, gets, he gets a lot of flack, uh, but he makes great movies. Well, that was a good movie if you haven't seen it. And yeah. The, the girl on, a Girl on a Train, that was a great movie. I forgot yep. that even came out. Yep. But yeah, sometimes you sit there and you're scrolling through the Netflix or whatever, and you turn it on, and you're like, oh, I went and saw this in the theater five years ago, and I totally forgot I even did it, you know? Yeah, I've started watching a movie on Netflix before thinking that I hadn't seen it yet, and then gone, oh yeah, no, this. Yeah, I, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot what, what, how the ending was, so I guess we'll see it see it through, you know? I, oh, um, I think it was you had Joshua on your show, and he's got a movie theater in his house. Yes. Right? And, and uh, I'm like, Man, I want to tell the story about my movie theater, my house, but his is way cooler. He's got, like, seats and whatnot. And uh, did I tell you this on the last podcast? I don't think so. And and don't worry. It, okay. He's the kind of guy that, like, you, you could use what you just said in any situation. Like, oh, I want to tell about this thing, but Josh has already done it. All. Josh is a great guy. But I'm sure oh, no, movie- it was an excellent yeah. podcast. I'm like, well, his theater outdoes mine. So, Josh, your, your theater is better than mine. But John is just a he, the amount of things that gentleman has done is just crazy. Last year, I uh, I'm sitting and I like I get angry when I go to the theater and people talk. I, I will uh-huh. not go on five dollar Mondays or five dollar Tuesdays because you go in in the morning and it's older people and they're talking to each other during the movie, and then you go in at night and it's younger people and they're talking during the movie. And I want to, I like to turn my phone off. I like to be fully immersed in the movie and I like to forget about everyday life when I'm yep. in a theater. So I was talking to a coworker and I was like, yeah, I'd really like a theater in my house. This would be, it would be great, you know, cause I can just go in my theater room and zone out, leave my phone downstairs, whatever, because I'm dealing with more and more people just being rude in the theater. And I, I was on the phone with my friend and I looked up projectors. You can get a projector at Walmart for 160 bucks. Yep. And then you can get uh, a sound bar, back speakers, and that's 170. And then two, I got, I bought two recliners on Amazon for $99 per recliner. So I, I and I have a 10 foot screen in a spare bedroom in my house. So I have the PlayStation three hooked up to it and I have a Roku hooked up to it. So I can virtually watch any movie that I want in that theater room. Now I also do have the Regal 
uh, unlimited pass. So I go to the movies all the time too. Well, when they were open, I did. I'm not sure how. Is awesome. That's the other thing. I'm not sure how long it's going to be before we start to go back to the theater. And the theater is going to be different after this. The movie industry is going to be different after what's going on right now. AMC oh, yeah. might file bankruptcy. You know, and you th- I thought AMC was probably like the best company of, you know, Cinemark, Regal of those three. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, AMC is facing, they all are, but AMC yeah. is facing the, the, the end of Blockbuster problem right now where they're, they're rebranding on an almost daily basis trying to bring people back in and make and money. And even when they do open, all the good movies have been pushed back. What are you going to show? Well, this you bring up a really cool point. This was actually something I talked about on an unaired episode of The Tangent with my brother and some people, but I think it's an evergreen topic and everyone yeah. has a different viewpoint on it. So, so I'll bring it up here. Movies, you know, the, the summer big blockbuster and just movies that can do well time used to be a very small window, right? It used to be everything big comes out in June and July. Right. Everything that comes out before June is either kids movies because we got February vacation and stuff or dumping grounds for stuff that we don't want to have up against the big summer movies, but will probably do well. And then the fall was all the Oscar movies, right? Right. That's how it used to be. Now with Disney and Marvel doing their thing, they pulled the summer thing back to April and May because that's when all the big Avengers and everything movies come out to kind of leave the middle of the summer open for Universal to drop Fast and the Furious movies and Jurassic World movies because they, you know, all these studios, they want to beat each other, but they don't want to beat the other person into full submission, right? That's, they can't all exist without each other, right? Right, right. And then the fall now and the, the November, December timeframe used to be you dump the surefire stuff to make movie money around the holidays. So you dump the comedies and the date movies and stuff. And then October was the horror movies, but then star Wars became the November releases and proved that you can't really release a star Wars movie in the summertime. And now because movie theaters have been shut down for the big Disney Marvel opening portion, what's the next month of big releases right now, July is playing chicken with itself, right? There's two big movies still scheduled to come out in july yeah. i forget what they are off the top of my head but it's not going to happen like yeah. they're, they're just waiting no one wants to be the first person to pull so then that leaves you with august august right now i think has either wonder woman 1984 oh. or black widow scheduled to release in august yeah those are supposed to come out in june yeah that's but, right but then you have the lone original release august movie of bill and ted's excellent adventure three I which, forgot about that, man. Right. Which August is the dumping ground for a movie. That's when like your John Wicks and stuff come out because you know they're going to make money, but they're not going to stand the ground against, you know, um, a Marvel movie or, you know, a, a, another big release. But now here's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 3, not in like a throwaway category, but coming out in a month where they hoped it would make money. This, you know, the August thing, which is we're going to make money because people still want to go to the movies, but there's less big stuff left. August could potentially be the dumping ground for everything big. So now does August become the new May? Well, and then, yeah, you're right. And then people have such a muscle memory about this that then next year it's going to be okay. Well, they're going to use, you know, their algorithms and stuff and go, well, should we not release movies in the early summer now? And then does the summer just shift? It's going to be really weird 
I think there's also going to be a drought, though, because movies that should be filming right now probably aren't. So those uh-huh. movies are probably getting pushed back. So these movies get pushed back. These movies that were supposed to come out in April, May, and June are going to get pushed back, and they'll cover a little bit. But then I think next year around, like, April and May, it's going to be like, is there anything to watch? You know what I mean? No, exactly. So it's, I, it's very interesting. And also, too, I, I've noticed that Universal is putting out movies direct to video and i think those are experiments to see like hey do we really need the theaters anymore and so yeah. the theaters are going to be different after this they really are and no this this could be the 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 beginning of the death knell for them theaters right. are going to become a niche thing and, and i wanted to bring that up with you too like remember your first movie theater that you went to remember how good that popcorn was remember how good yep. those nachos were they worked so hard to make good snacks you know I love yep. snack food, you know, I'm not going to lie. But but then you go to the movies now and it's like, man, this popcorn kind of gives me chest pains and this, these chips for these chi- uh, nachos and cheese aren't very good, you know? It's yeah. like, what are we eating? And, the, and the, the, you bring up niche and, and I have two or three drive-ins that I'll go to. And yes. they still have the popcorn and they still have the nachos, the mozzarella sticks, all the good food. You know, it, the uh, drive-ins are completely unchanged from when i was a kid it's the same thing and and that's what you need you know what i mean like you want to update the theater fine you want to give me stadium seating recliners fine but stop with the generic food like if i'm gonna pay ten dollars for popcorn at least make it good you know right did i did i tell you about the premium when we talked the last time no what's the premium so the premium this this is sad um AMC, you know, AMC has started opening. I think there might be 20 of them in the country now. They started opening the Eden cinemas. Oh, yes. they, so it's, it's, I guess I haven't been to one, but I guess from the people that have gone, the customer experience is really good. People really like it as a customer. I have, there, there's but, one at Disney World, so I, I have been to one. But AMC had this thing that they were trying out for years before the dining cinema opened. It was called the premium and they had one in Framingham mass and one was in Los Angeles, I believe. And that was okay. it. There were two in the country. My buddy bought, brought me to the one in Framingham and it was amazing. It was its own entrance from the regular AMC. Yeah. It kind of looked, it kind of looked like an up, um, an upscale like adult, like nightclub, like bar, like a real nice one. It okay. was kind of like what they were going for. It was a full restaurant. You could either eat in or you sat in the theater and the seats had these tables that came out in front of you and they would serve you 10 minutes before the movie started and you'd have your food and then you'd sit down and watch the movie. It was 21 plus, no matter what. And they would show anything. They, they like, you know, during the day would show, you know, the new like PG or G rated like Pixar movie and at night would show the adult stuff because they just wanted to give people a place where it was just you know, a clientele that really wanted to see a movie and like have a good experience. The ticket was 15 bucks flat rate. It got you free popcorn and soda. That's awesome. You could come out and just refill on popcorn and soda as much as you wanted. And it was just awesome. And the people that ran it, you know, did drink specials and food specials. And the chef was like a real chef, you know, and they were really proud. It reminded me of like being in a blockbuster. Everyone there, despite the AMC banner, was really proud of what they were doing. Right. And AMC was trying it out to get the idea for the dining. And when they converted that one into a dining center, they closed the premium. 
and what the owner, the, the manager of the premium did because they were going to convert over to being an AMC dining theater manager. They said, well, this is kind of like a field destroyer blockbuster. Everything's got to go. So I'm having a party. And they invited in everyone that was like a good fan of the place to come in. They drank the entire bar dry. They ate all the food. They cooked up everything. And they demolished the place. I, wow. got, two, I got two seats from the premium that are in my basement. And I just need to hook them up. Like oh, set nice. them up. Yeah. It was so freaking cool. Yeah. And let me tell you, I saw maybe four or five movies there in the time that it was open. And I've never had a better experience in a movie theater. It, was, it was just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the dining cinema people that I know that are customers say that the dining cinema there is still the experience is still just as good. But mm. what I've heard the employee it's not. Yeah, that's just interesting that they would they would divert from that when it sounds so much the same as what they have now, just not right. as good, you know. I, I like when I go to Disney, I always see a movie at, at Disney Springs at the AMC there on one of the days of my vacation. And I kind of get ticked off when it's in the dining theater because now I got a waitress, now I got to tip them. Uh, the yep. AMC, they have that self-serve. Like, so you get your own popcorn. I can get two sides of cheese because what I do is I dunk my popcorn in the cheese. It's really good, the nacho cheese. Yep. And, but if, if you go to uh, the dining theater, now it's, uh, can I have a popcorn? And then they bring you a side of cheese in like a tin cup. Like, oh, well, I- <laughs> that's, that's how the premium was. The premium, the popcorn and soda and, and nacho bar was self-serve. Okay, see, I'm in then. You know, I that that's what I'd I'd want. You know, but then you're just adding another middleman into this, and I'm gonna tip them, but it, it's more money that is coming out of my pocket for something that I don't I don't really need chicken strips when I'm at the theater, if you know what I mean. You know, right? But yeah, I mean, it, it is it, it's for who they want it to be. But you know, you see a movie, it's listed. Oh, I'll go to the three ten showing. Oh, well, it's in the dine-in. And then you're like, oh, well, the, the 520 showing, well, my flight leaves at 7 o'clock, so I can't really do that. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll stay at the dining theater. But it is cool. Um, when I drive to Virginia to see my sister, there's an Alamo draft house. And I, I heard you talk to somebody from that, right? Yeah, Mark Levy, who did the, the Blockbuster Guy show, which he's actually, yeah. run, he's actually run three shows of that over Zoom. Yeah, which I missed it. I wanted to see that. And I, I missed it on Saturday and I missed it two weeks ago. It's so good. But he was actually able to raise. He, he did, I think, a fundraiser for Alamo. And then he did a fundraiser for the theater that was running this show because he works. Oh, for wow. Yeah. Okay. He's he's a super cool guy. Yeah, I think next time I'm, I'm on my way to Virginia, I might stop at the Alamo draft house. It's just on the way down there just to see what it's like. Because you're saying there's rentals in there. Some of them, I guess the one in New York has has a video store. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be great. And Draft House, I mean, it's got to have beer, right? <laughs> yeah, the Alamo <laughs> definitely does. Yeah. So th- that's fun, you know, and, and we have an older theater like that over here, and they were like the first ones to have alcohol. Oh, yeah, if you go to the Cedar Lee, you can get some alcohol. It'll be great. You know, now they all have alcohol, but they're all $8 a beer. So if you really wanted to get a buzz, you know, it'd be a hundred bucks, <laughs> but who wants to drink at the movie theater anyway? You know? Oh man. No. So it, it's funny. You know, you talk about how the movie theater thing is going to change. And I feel that, I don't know if you had heard about this, but me and my wife did an episode of our show about driving movie theaters. And oh, really? we, I'm never yeah, the, 
we did an episode of uh, Creating Geeks about drive-in movie theaters, which is the sharing stuff from my childhood with our kids show. Uh, it's, it's really cool. We don't do as many of them because it's hard for us to both be have time to talk. But um, oh, sure. it's still a lot of fun. But I found a fact to it I didn't know. Johnny Rockets. Have you ever heard of Johnny Rockets? Yeah, there's one at Cedar Point. All right, yeah, it's like a cheese cheeseburger, hot dog, like diner, 50s diner kind of thing. Johnny Rockets in 2015 or 2016 was looking into opening up 50 drive-in theaters across the country branded with Johnny Rockets being the the food establishment in the middle of it. That's a great idea. I don't know if it ever happened. I don't know if it's still in the books of happening, but it was an interesting factoid. If they were thinking, because drive-ins are going to be the first places because we have one in this state that's pushing real hard to let the governor let them reopen. Well, if um, you do online ordering and then you have yeah. people bring it to your car, I don't see a problem with that. Exactly. The, the only thing that the problem people are having and that they haven't been able to give an answer for is how to handle bathrooms. That's true. But I, I think the way you do that is you get porta johns and you space them a shit ton apart and have a person, you know, letting, you know, actually controlling the lines, which is going to be terrible. But right. that's kind of what you got to do. But with that aside, I think this could be a cool situation to see a big push for more of those showing up again. Now, there's less land than there was when they were first open. But um, right. I would love to see a resurgence. I mean, you can't have as many as you have of regular theaters, right? It just doesn't make sense. Right. But it would be great to see a resurgence of, of drive-in theaters because especially as a parent with young kids, it makes it so much easier because I I'm fine. If I sit in the car and my kids ruin my experience watching a movie, but I don't want them to ruin everybody else's more than you likely know? though. After a while, your kids are probably just going to fall asleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and, well, and, and that works out nice for the later movie, you know? Exactly. I will tell you this though. The, you, despite what anybody says about these Disney remakes, because there's thousands of, different viewpoints i actually kind of like them because no, i can accept i can accept the fact that two of something can exist it doesn't erase the original for me but if i will you don't want to watch it then don't watch it you know right i will tell you this that lion king remake is magic and, and let me tell you why my daughter is, is autistic and okay. getting her to focus on anything is very hard Okay. Drive-ins became a little bit hard because she'd, you know, want to watch her own thing in the back, but then would want to climb up in the front, watch the movie. I sat next to her in a camping chair and we watched the entirety of the new Lion King. And I was worried that she'd be confused because it looked different. Mm -hmm. Every seat, look, daddy, it's Mufasa. Look, it's her. she she was just floored by this thing. That's and great. She asks, she'll want to watch them both. She goes, I want to watch the, the cartoon Lion King. And then I want to watch the real Lion King, you right. know? And she, and I'm like, this is wonderful. Like, despite what anybody might say or think that movie means something to this little kid. And if Disney can hit that magic twice, good yeah. on them. <laughs> you know, they've been doing that for years too. And it just makes you think of, you know, like Herbie the Love Bug, for instance. You go, yeah. that's a timeless classic, and it came out in the '60s. You know what I mean? And then they did the uh, what's her name one, which I was yeah, actually the, quite the Lindsay good. Lohan one, yeah, yeah. But, but it, yeah, I mean, know, I'm sorry, go people. Ahead. You know, it's it's fun. People have gotten really cynical, you know, about the bigger name brand things. And again, there's there's truth to be said there, you know. But at the end of the day, a product, a product, whether it's a movie 
whether it's a piece of art, whether it's, um, you know, a, a farmer's market or whatever, everybody, their first intention is to make money off of you. Right. So exactly. get out of your head. These products are there to make someone else money. So don't get mad if they try to make money off of you. Just either say, yes, I want that and I want to pay you for it. Or no, I don't want that and I don't want to pay you for it. That's that's the be beginning and end of all of it. No. Right. And, 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 you know, we've had these movies come out and there's always a difference. And, and there's this uproar. And it's like uh, there's an African-American woman that's playing Ariel in the new uh, yes. Little Mermaid. And it's like, who cares? And, like, this is what we do now. We're changing it up. Why, why do I need to see the same thing? And now The Lion King, uh, that was probably more close to what the cartoon was because it was animals and whatnot. But if you are casting people... It is what it is, man. Like everyone needs to get over themselves. Like, but even in the Lion King, they cast almost an entirely African American descent cast, okay. which makes more sense when you're making a movie that takes place in Africa. <laughs> you know, like there, there's a and and people, you know, are are missing that point, right? Like, yeah, okay, Matthew Broderick and Jonathan Taylor Thomas are great voices in in the Lion King, but they're they're white dudes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know? So, and, and you know that it's it's an interesting way to uh, it's an interesting way to hit a new generation with something, right? Like you get these these re releases of cartoons from when we were a kid. Right. Um, you know, they're not for me. In fact, I actually blatantly do not like the art style of some of these new shows. But guess what? They're not for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the kid the kids love them. And, you know, we still have movies like Toy Story where, you know, I was 10 when that movie came out, 9 or 10. And now I can sit there and watch that movie with my niece and nephew. And, yes. you know, they, they love it just as much as I did. And they have no idea, oh, this first movie came out almost 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, all the fake all the fake outrage by the hardcore Disney fans. And, like, I'm on these Facebook pages. And I'm like, guys, relax. I go... This girl that they cast has a wonderful voice. She's going to kill the the part of Ariel. And you're going to forget about this once you see the movie anyway. And you know you're going to pay him the money to go see it because it's Disney. So just let Disney do what Disney does, you know? No, exactly. Exactly. And they, it, it, it was the same thing with, with Aladdin. You know, that the bits of that movie that are not direct lifts from the original are the best That was part the other outrage I was thinking of with Will Smith being the genie. And he killed it. He did kill it. And here's the thing. What would people have rather had them do? I mean, you're if if you're gonna I mean, if the answer is don't make the movie, that's fine. You're allowed to have that opinion. But, but if the movie is gonna exist, you'd rather have them do what? Have a different actor perform the exact same role. <laughs> yeah, which right. Is terrifying because and... you, you can't really do that with with a dead actor this close. Number two they could have just reused all of his dialogue and done an animated character, which would have been interesting to see, but also would have felt wrong. And right. quite frankly, a large portion of the genie stuff in the original Aladdin is pretty racially insensitive. So <laughs> you kind of have to look at that too. Yeah, um, the Will Smith, it added a whole new layer to that story though, because the, st the beginning and the end is more to the story than what you had in the, uh, cartoon and he nailed will smith is just when he's allowed to just do something because 
I like him in pretty much everything he's been in, and he's been in a lot of bad stuff that I've still liked him in it. He oh, yeah. he just brings a charm to things that um, I think people forget that he's just that good at. And so my favorite parts of the new Aladdin where he was just walking around looking like a human, just doing his hitch thing, you know, yeah, was such exactly. a cool subtext that the original didn't have. And what and, was that movie he was in with the Joker? What was that called? Oh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I really wish he didn't make that movie and he would have made Independence Day 2. I... Yeah, that was a bad choice. Independence Day 2 was also a bad choice. Yes, um, it was. You, you can't just say the greatest pilot that has ever existed just died in training. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, he went up there with Jeff Goldblum and took down the aliens, and now oh, he died in training. Sorry, guys. You're like, what? Oh, Independence Day 2. That was a problem. What a bummer. You know, you wait 20 years for this and Will Smith's dead. You know, like what? It, it's a shame that he doesn't want to show back up for the other Suicide Squad movie they're making because oh, I didn't even know they, they were still making one. Oh, yeah, dude. Did you a quick thing because we're getting near the end of time. But do, do you know what happened with Suicide Squad? No. Oh, you're going to love this. Depending on what you think about um, Marvel movies, you're, you're going to love this. So. Suicide Squad happened, and it was the last of the movies that were happening before they started tipping the DC button in the direction of like Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam, where they went, you know what, we we found something that works. We're going in this direction. Okay. Um, so Suicide Squad was the last of the uh, we kind of made a mistake things here, and uh, the new Birds of Prey movie that came out, which is wonderful, um, basically negates the entire existence of the original Suicide Squad. It, it's kind really? of funny. Wow. Even though it has characters from that movie in it, which okay. is which is a strange thing. But what happened, do you remember when James Gunn got fired off of Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Right, yes. Alright, you know he's back on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, right? I, I do remember hearing that. Alright, so what went down during the time period he was fired is he signed up to direct the sequel to Suicide Squad. And he's still doing it. Oh, wow. And what his Suicide Squad sequel is is it's a soft reboot, just called the, just called the Suicide Squad, I think. Okay. And what's her name is Harley Quinn is showing back up, but I think the rest of the cast has been recast because <laughs> no one else wanted to show back up. So it's a bummer that Smith didn't want to show up for it, but yeah. I think they hired someone just as good. I forget who it was. It might have been like Idris Elba or somebody like that. Um, but but anywho, he I think he's pushing for it might be an R for this damn thing and just kind of going oh, completely bonkers. But I just think that that's cool poetic justice that you you lose your job on your Marvel movie and then you're not oh, fixing oh. someone's movie like Joss Whedon was hired to try to do when all that went down with Justice League. You're you know just getting to kind of make it your own thing. But he got full script control and director control over this movie and he's on contract to finish it before moving on to guardians three so that'll be interesting to see yeah yeah i didn't even realize they were doing that but that's awesome and you should really see birds of prey if you didn't see it yet because that yeah was, i'm gonna wait for that to come out on rental and i'll probably i see think it, it is oh is it? It? that was okay, one i was of, gonna pay the 20 you know, for it but that was one of the movies that jumped to vod okay um, when the cinema's closed. Yeah, it, it's it's a blast. And it's cheap, but in the very best way. 
Okay. You know, it, it like the the fight scenes were choreographed by like actual like kung fu movie fight choreographers, and so it all looks awesome. And Ewan McGregor is the villain, and he has just had a hell of a oh, couple wow. of years lately. Well, see, I'm really hoping DC gets it together because they are just all over the place. You know what I mean? They are. And and the, the Joker movie was good, but you can't. I don't. I'm not sure they're going to tie that into anything. You know? Uh no, they are. They already signed on to make another one. No, I know they're going to make another one, but are they going to tie that into Batman at, at, at some point? Or oh, I don't. I don't even know. I I'm excited about that new Batman movie because I like the guy making it. Yeah. But if they try to tie that into Joker, I my least favorite parts of that Joker movie were things that tried to tie it into Batman. Right. Because it's. Like, just let the thing exist. <laughs> you have an interesting enough thing going here. Just let it exist. And then that's what I thought going to the theater that was going to be. But Yeah. I don't know, man. It's going to be wild to see how movies are going to go. Um, I'm excited, even though it got pushed ahead a year, I'm excited for The Rock's Jungle Cruise movie because somehow these Disney movies based on Disney rides are actually a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we could forget about the Haunted Mansion, but that movie was fun, too. Yeah, they tried. It wasn't good. <laughs> and then they're rebooting Pirates of the Caribbean and then recasting Johnny Depp and then bringing Johnny Depp back. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, and, who knows what the hell's going on with that. I said to my friend now, I go, we're so old that the remake of The Karate Kid is 10 years old this summer. Like, <laughs> think about that, you know? No. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, have you seen Cobra Kai? No, but I um, have seen somebody from that show in person. Uh, what's it? Brett Ernst is in Cobra Kai, and he's uh, a hysterical comedian. You get a chance, look him up. He's hysterical. He's and he, he, t- he tours for like fifteen dollars a show. So when nice, yeah, but he's in Cobra Kai. Oh, I, I highly recommend that show. That is that is one of the best of these like nostalgia grabs that people have done it's oh, it's yeah. really well done yeah it, check that out. It, it's good and it's it, it's the only reason to get a youtube premium or tv account or whatever it is is to I watch forgot, okay it is a, okay i'll just have to cancel hulu for one month and then get youtube i think you can just do it what i did is i got it for free after the oh. second season came out and just watched them both and then got rid of it did like oh, the free movie. <laughs> yeah. that's the best way to do it Yes, but anywho, dude, I am gonna go back to work. But I, I told you, I told you, I can make it interesting. <laughs> no, no, no problem, man. I, I appreciate being back on the show. It was fun. Cool. So, but before I go, um, you know, is there anything, anything you want to give a shout out to? Anything you want to direct people towards, or just say hi to somebody? Um, now's your chance, good sir. How, how about we thank our healthcare workers and our first responders? You know, absolutely. Them for a minute. I, other than that, I don't really. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. You know, <laughs> that's it. Cool, man. That's awesome. Well, you know, absolutely. I second that. Thanking everybody in the healthcare field and first responders. This is a wild, wacky world to live in. And the fact that any of us are still any of us at all are still able to breathe and go outside is is because of them. So uh, exactly. That's crazy, crazy to think about where we're living right now. But hopefully this gave all of you out there a good escape for a little bit of time. Um Thank you very much, Kevin, uh, for coming on. Thank you for making it a Talkbuster night or day or whenever you guys out there are listening to this. And please be kind for one.